Wrestling with my brother We got a podcast, yeah Wrestling with my brother Hello and welcome to the podcast that has more flair than Rick, David and Charlotte combined. It's Wrestling With My Brother. Brilliant. Absolutely like excellent. Can you I've put got in a list some, of them. Put in some crowd cheers there as well, just to make, make it look like we're doing a podcast for a live audience. <laughs> I've got a long list. It's longer than any of Jericho's lists. <laughs> yes, welcome to John Cena and Fire TV's favourite <laughs> platform. Well, I can't believe it. John Cena's followed us. Unbelievable. Because I thought it was like one of the fan pages and I clicked on and that blue tick said it all. I was like, holy moly. He does follow a quarter of a million accounts. So there is a chance that he follows everyone who follows him. But, you know, I'm taking it that we're special. Well, no, because he's got he's got millions of followers and he's only following a tiny portion based on his fame. Well, let's just hope he listens as well. Yeah, John. Yeah, but I'm thinking, oh, bloody hell, if we ever do a clip on John now, I'm going to be like, I love him, Thugonomics for life. <laughs> Kissing his butt. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm Darren. I'm Craig. And every week we're getting together remotely to share some of our favourite wrestling clips. And the first episode was an absolute smash hit. We've had so much feedback, and I'm going to play you some of the clips that we've had now. absolutely undoubtedly unquestionably 100 completely suck oh my goodness this could be the worst event in wrestling history ah right okay (laughs) not not quite what we were expecting (laughs) do you know what i'm i'm really i'm disappointed by them all but Dwayne, for me that's a low blow do you know i i went to all of his premieres you know, I was his training buddy for for years and years. And for him just to turn his back on us now after one episode, I, rude. Rude. But at least he's listening. Maybe we'll have something off John Cena in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we won't see it, but he'll he'll post something, won't he? <laughs> yeah, it was rude. But, you know, you, you can't please everyone. And at least we're getting some feedback. So, you know. That's it. <laughs> Better than nothing. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I love it. Can we do that every week? Like a different, we just have a tiny little feedback segment at the start of each episode. Yeah, well, I'm hoping we'll have we'll have lots of feedback, lots of mail, you know, bulging sacks that we can share. <laughs> you're the year first, folks. Bulging mail sacks, lovely, jubbly. All right, that's a I've started segue. early. <laughs> it's not a segue at all, but I just want to move on from that awful sweaty image um it's time for wrestling through the ages i don't know what that was did it need a sound effect (laughs) you sound like you're playing the uh the glass bowls like the different cups of water that was lovely um so yeah the first episode last week we had uh kind of our first our very first memories of it, you know, the Hasbro toys for me and the WWF and, and you, you know, the classic ITV uh, wrestling. So this week, I have been mostly thinking about, not the fast show, um, 
our earliest wrestling alter egos. Darren Evans, my brother. What was your first ever wrestling alter ego name? Can you remember? Um, uh, I'm, I've got a feeling you're going to tell everybody if I don't remember or pretend not to remember. But I think because I had spiky hair, I might have called myself the Hedgehog. Oh, I thought you were the Skateboard Kid. That was one of them. I'm not sure which came first. <laughs> right, I think that was that's the one that stuck out for me. What was mine? Can you remember? <laughs> Do remember? Oh, I remember one of them anyway. I remember when I was the skateboard kid, you were the yeah. chameleon. That's it. <laughs> that's it, baby. So, yes, I think this episode should be called Skateboard Kid versus Chameleon. Do you do you remember the amazing, hard-hitting theme music that I walked to the ring to? And by ring, I mean my, my little bedroom back in the day. I believe it was <laughs> Karma Chameleon by Culture Club oh. because it had chameleon in the lyrics and we had no idea what they actually meant. And then finding out many years later, that, you know, what they meant. Um, and it was about uh, an allusion to homosexuality. It was a bit of a bit of a surprise. And, yeah. <laughs> but they got me pumped. You know, every time with my, my bedroom door closed and I pour the, the Triple H wardrobe myself and put a bit of boy on, I was like, boom. Uh, imagine Boy George playing that live for you at WrestleMania coming out. <laughs> the booze that you would have had. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. And a certain someone made us a championship belt, didn't they? Yeah. You remember how a championship how... belt, a cardboard. Thank you. With, with an elastic kind of belt. <laughs> that was good. That was good. And then basically every trampoline and bouncy castle that we passed through our childhood there was it it was on again we've had more wrestling matches together than than the greats you know yeah and <laughs> i'd occasionally sneak the skateboard into the ring to <laughs> smash you over the back yes that's it was your foreign yeah it was your foreign object didn't it yeah i couldn't write the bloody thing i never learned but i, I could hit you with it <laughs> oh so yeah I, I there was it and i'm gonna do these little embarrassing snippets week by week I I like the fact that they weren't our only alter egos. I'm not going to give too much away, but, you know, that was the start of us becoming, you know, split personalities almost, you know, Clark Kent by day and Kale. We were both chameleons. <laughs> come on, come on. Dreadful. Oh, Good. Well, that was another that was another wrestling through the ages segment for you. Another cringe fest <laughs> for the brothers of destruction. Same format, same format as last week. I think it works. Besides the rocks uh, impression of it, which is wrong. So yeah, I've picked two clips. You've picked two clips. We'll alternate. We are going around the globe for this one. We're no longer in America. We're in Japan for the IWA King of the Death match 1995 finals between Mick and Terry Funk. He's got him rocked. And there's the first explosion. Look at the fire. Terry Funk blew up. This was um, the Cactus Jack run in Japan. Um, it puts Cactus on the map in terms of a hardcore kind of ultraviolet wrestler. Uh, Funk was already famous in Japan. We got his kind of second wind. Um, and they were both in ECW at the time as well. But, I mean, this really kind of solidified them as as kind of 
big, crazy, hardcore players. So I've made kind of three points and you can either expand on these. You've probably <laughs> thought the same as well. Um, so three ridiculous things about the match more than anything. You know, it was a spectacle. If you read Mick's book, he just says how appalling the conditions were, the heat, you know, the backstage area, there's nowhere to wash. Everyone was literally being sick and just, you know, the wounds and it just sounded horrific. So, you know, it was the end of a very, very long day and a very long tournament, last thing at night. The first one for me was kind of mixed blading job out of nowhere. I don't know if you noticed that. Obviously, just a ridiculously, you know, dangerous match, barbed wire exploding, C4 boards wrapped in barbed wire as well. Um, but, you know, they, they were bleeding a bit on their arms and then they cut away to the crowd and then they cut back to the, well, ring and air quotes. And he's absolutely caked in, in blood. And I just, I've always thought, where did that come from? You know? I thought he joined NWO Wolfpack a few years earlier. <laughs> yeah. but, but no, it was just, it was, it was a crimson mask, but like a crimson mask out of nowhere. It's a JR special. There was... It, it literally just came out of nowhere, and I, I've always looked at that and thought that's ridiculous. Um, oh, by the way, the the clip that I sent was uh, dubbed over, so obviously the original was was all in Japanese. So this is the American kind of re-release with with commentary that that we can understand. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, the other stipulation of this match was an exploding ring, and again, oh, <laughs> oh that's not that. It kind. was lame. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. If you've ever seen an exploding ring match in like FMW or IWA, it is Herculean and, you know, what a spectacle. And and Terry must have <laughs> lying down thinking, God damn it, I'm about to die in the middle. That was the worst Terry fucking impression ever. You know, he, he, he thought, right, I've seen enough of these to know I'm about to get obliterated. And then it was like four farts from the ring post. <laughs> I was expecting apocalypse now. It was like shitty fireworks. And the camera <laughs> panned away. I think the cameraman was embarrassed. Like, just, just <laughs> something else. It was terrible. But then everyone starts laughing and he stands up with his arms out like, what the hell? You, I've been through wars all day and you can't even rig proper explosions. The ones in the ring on the boards, you know, burned the hell out of both of them. They both had terrible injuries and the ones that didn't even touch them. And it was like, that was it. <laughs> Absolutely pathetic. And then the ending for me, Oh, I wish it was shocking. And, and you wouldn't have thought this is one of my favorite wrestler matches ever because I'm just bashing it. But just, you know, the fact that, that Cactus lost, well, Cactus won the match by being pushed off a ladder onto barbed wire ropes and then rolling over an exhaustion and covering Funk and Funk kicking out at like three and one eighths of a count. You know, it, it, it's all very confusing bit sloppy towards the end but fantastic match still you know for for what it was um it appeared on you know beyond the mat as well and like i said it really put kind of cactus on the map and then you know when he went to wwf that's kind of that was his claim to fame and it kind of popularized uh you know hardcore wrestling really okay <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, 
can't pretend I enjoyed this. For me, wrestling at its best is like, it could be an amazing show of athleticism, agility, strength, skill. This was none of that. This was just watching two old men stumbling around, just like drunks in a pub car park. I mean, they, they looked half dead starting the match, like they'd been in a car accident. It was, it was just, it, it was just, I was like, oh my God, please get on with it. And you know those adverts, like, don't do drugs, kids. Well, they could use this in a campaign. Don't do wrestling, kids. I mean, sure, <laughs> it starts innocently enough. You watch a couple of matches, a couple of clotheslines, but you want more and more, harder and harder, until you're watching this sort of shit. What was it? <laughs> it was so, just so gruesome and violent. And every time they went towards the barbed wire, I was like, no, no, no. Just, yeah. And I can't pretend I enjoyed it. Sorry. <laughs> Did you, um, was that the first time you've seen it then in its entirety? Because obviously you've seen little clips here and there. Yeah, it was. I like hardcore wrestling, don't get me wrong. And I don't mind a bit of blood in my wrestling on the side, you know, as it were. <laughs> but it, it's got a further storyline, I think. And it, this just seemed to be carnage for the sake of carnage. It's like watching two people fighting for the last scraps of food after a nuclear war. It was. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were going to name it, funnily enough. But yeah, I think it was taken. That's another gimmick match. Yeah, well, you know, it, 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 the story was it was a whole day of, of battling, basically, and, and that was the kind of culmination of it. Um, but I just thought I'd mix things up. That's probably one of the most extreme things I could think of. I, I love kind of violent matches. And ju- just for the you know popularization of Mick, um, that's why I kind of threw it in the mix. But I'm glad you loved it. I'll, I'll, I'll do one a week now. I'll do no rope bar by matches every week for you. Thanks, can't wait. You're welcome. So my first clip for this week is a totally different type of wrestling match. This is Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 19. We bring the stage of them all, where legends are made, where reputations are enhanced, where memories last forever. And that's exactly what this particular match is all about. To that man right there, he wants a career ended. He wants to end Shawn Michaels' career on the biggest stage of them all, right here at WrestleMania. Now, I love both of these wrestlers. I was a huge fan of uh, HBK before he was HBK, when he was one half of the Rockers. Remember, I used to go around wearing my Rockers T-shirt all the time when I was a kid. And then when he turned heel and kicked Janetti through the window, he was still cool. And then when I got back into wrestling, I really kind of took to Jericho. He was athletic. He had a good arsenal of moves and he was just fantastic on the mic. And I think, you know, both of them, they're neither, neither of them are particularly big, although they wouldn't, you know, like you to say that to their face, obviously, but compared to other wrestlers, they, you know, that I, I think if I looked after myself, I could possibly look <laughs> like either one of these. I'm never going to be a Brock Lesnar, but you know, like I might. <laughs> Yeah, Dean Malenko. That, that is realistic for me, actually, hair-wise as well at the moment. <laughs> but this match just had everything. I mean, I've got Jericho's books, and in his book, Undisputed, he, he writes about the match and how Vince, when he first saw them square up to each other in the ring, he thought, this is going to make money. And Jericho was keen to do WrestleMania, but Michaels wasn't sure at first, and then he later agreed. And Jericho writes, I was gobsmacked. When I first started wrestling, I was essentially a Shawn Michaels clone. I had similar tights similar canary yellow hair and did the same high spots as him, but things had changed. I wasn't a clone anymore. It was pro versus pro. And I was looking forward to seeing if I could live up to the standards of a Shawn Michaels big event match. 
And I, I think they did. I mean, what a match. A proper back and forth, reversal after reversal, counter after counter, near fall after near fall, both doing their best moves and high spots, neither having an advantage. I love it when Jericho does Michaels' kip up and pose, and you know, later he does sweet chin music. It was just it was fantastic. Just what a match and telling the story as well. You know, Jericho shouted, I'm better than you, I'm better than you. And this constant need to to prove himself and that attitude is just great. I love it in the end as well, where they embrace and you think, oh, all's forgiven. And, you know, they have this great match. And then he knees Michael's full in the balls. And he actually <laughs> writes about that in the book as well. He writes, um, he collapsed and looked up at me with his puppy dog eyes asking, how could you? How could I? Well, I wasn't going to let a good match stop me from being a complete dick now, was I? <laughs> oh, I, I, I love that for me, this was my version of your match number one. <laughs> Gasp! <laughs> horror. Um, yeah, I like I like Jericho. I, I liked him a lot more through reading his books. I I was laughing every page. Um, I actually had a quote. Well, not a quote, but a reference to one of his books in my notes. In that, um, obviously, this is two years after he became the undisputed champion, um, and. I just like the way he found out about that, you know, when Vince is talking to Taker and he says, you know, you know, things have hit rock bottom when we're putting the belt on Jericho. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> no kind of big meeting. And, you know, this is the biggest championship that we've got to offer. And we're putting it on you. You're going to be our our flag bearer for the company. It was kind of talking loud enough so that Jericho could hear in a hallway somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I did like certain spots. The top rope moon salt press from Michaels was really good. I mean, it was it was a wrestling clinic, you know, like like you said, these aren't massive guys, they're kind of normal sized men, really. Um, but yeah, it, it was a good match. I just I've never really got into either of them as as wrestlers, to be honest. Um as the rockers, yes, you know, that was that was our era, and they were they were innovators because you didn't see much high-flying wrestling in certainly WWF, you know, at the time. And they kind of put that on the map. And you could tell that Sean was going to break out and do his own thing as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Benoit for me was, you know, a bit, bit controversial, but he, for me, had the intensity of the two Chris's. So I've always kind of leaned more towards Benoit because he was more believable. But like I said, reading the, the Jericho books... Oh, he, he's so funny and you know he's he's gone on to relive all of his childhood dreams you know he's a rock star and and he's still wrestling it wasn't really my cup of tea but you know glad you liked it <laughs> it did I, I i thought it was quite funny at the beginning mind when um half the cannons didn't work during sean's intro when he was trying yeah. to fire those things off into the crowd that was uh... quite funny but also his intro music. I mean, this was far from the last time he used it. But I mean, I worked out he was in his late 30s, I think 38 at this time. And, you know, I'm a sexy boy. I'm, I'm not your boy toy. It's embarrassing, isn't it, for a man of that age? My wife heard me uh, listening to it while I was reviewing <laughs> it. And she, God knows what she thought I was watching. Probably having a midlife crisis. I think for me, it was... I don't I, I can't remember when it was, whether it was before this or after this, but when he had that Bob haircut, do you remember? Yeah. Oh my god. It, he looked like he man <laughs> with with that music and that bob. I just thought, geez, like, you're not getting any women. <laughs> That's not what they want these days, Sean. <laughs> but he turned his life around by that point, so I don't think he cared. I think back in the nineties he was very much a, a you know, well, 
you know, to be going out and doing that sort of thing, but he'd found God and became yeah. a born again Christian, had a family and everything by that point. So yeah, and he, but, he kind of apologized a lot, didn't he, for his actions with, with various wrestlers because obviously he's part of the clique and all of the the backstage politics with you know Triple H and Big Sexy. So yes, um, it, it was a good match. Yeah, it was a good it was a good spectacle, but I just don't think they're the the wrestlers for me really. But yeah, shame. <laughs> it's a shame. Well, maybe just hit me with more Jericho and uh, Sean matches throughout throughout these podcasts, and by the end of it, I'll just be I'll be loving life. Don't you worry, I will do. Oh yeah. Well, who are the wrestlers for you then? Maybe you can tell us in your next clip. <laughs> no, no, and I'll tell you for why. Right? <laughs> no, this isn't the reason for why I picked this clip so don't do that to me because I, I don't even want to say it now it's terrible right Hogan versus the Ultimate Warrior Wrestlemania 6 another clothesline by the Warrior he seems to be getting stronger Jesse I don't know where he's getting it from Hulkster hardly able to make it to his feet now he's up there he's going for a slam oh I don't believe it he got him up! He's going for the Garone press! He got it, did it! This is, no, this is wrestling. This is the wrestling I grew up with. So why aren't these your guys? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. I, I, I just picked it because, to be honest, I, I just wanted a nice juxtaposition between an exploding barbed wire death match and, again, to use the quote from last week, but just oiled up, slippery, muscle-bound heels just the camaraderie. I mean, this was 1990, so I was five years old, you know, and, and then like the previous match, this wasn't about fancy moves, you know, it was about spectacle and, and you just feed off the crowd. It was champion versus champion. And, you know, just watching the match, I did have goosebumps genuinely again, even just listening to like Gorilla Monsoon and, and the crowd reaction, like I said, and <laughs> just the powering up on both sides as if like, you know, these aren't, men they're not humans they they are machines powering up the hogan head shakes and the finger point of doom um you know but but growing up i was 100 percent of a warrior fan and when he won at the end spoiler alert i i just went absolutely ape um well that's it wasn't it i mean this was the original test of loyalty so get like team edward or team jacob it was team hogan <laughs> or team warrior and where you were you know put you on opposite sides of the playground <laughs> yeah it did but, um, I mean, you could tell that Vince was kind of really grooming the Warrior at this point to, to be the next Hogan. He didn't turn out to be at all. But, you know, at the time it was clear that, you know, he was the next champion. And, you know, we've all seen and heard from interviews um, about Hogan that, you know, he wasn't the most selfless wrestler. He was kind of out for himself a lot of the time. He, he'd cling into his spot even later on down the line. And, you know, for him to forego that, that championship at that time either he must have had to have seen something in in warrior or i don't know he was just very pissed for <laughs> for, for months after i don't know 
Well, I don't know whether it's the first time, but it's a rare occasion of him actually losing cleanly in the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah. You know, no no shenanigans, no interference. He, he lost fair and square, one, two, three, or one, two, three, and, and like one millisecond. Yeah, he made a, yeah, I, I noticed that. He made such a point of putting his shoulder up, and then he bounced straight up as if he was screwed or a fast count. I'm like, come on, you bloody lost, you slippery pool <laughs> <laughs> i mean we joke about it but there are a few things in there that are impressive i mean you've got to be strong to gorilla press slam a man of hogan's size so fear played a warrior yeah yeah i mean it, um, it makes our bedroom wrestling look like shenanigans and that and that that's not a euphemism you know Example. Yeah, I think we probably have to let's call it something other than bedroom wrestling because <laughs> no, that's it. No, it's, it's official. From now on, we'll do a, a bedroom wrestling segment each week. But the other thing that's always occurred to me about Hogan as well is it, the leg drop is such a weird finisher for a big man like him. Yeah. You know that that should a it shouldn't be a finisher. No. B it, it shouldn't be done by somebody his size. He should be slamming and throwing, not you know, jumping up in the air, landing down on, on his, because he's considerable weight. It's not, Yeah. it's a strange one. And then Warriors, like, splash. It's not It's not a finisher. It's just jumping on somebody. Well, it's, on to, <clears throat> it's onto their back as well, which is weird. And he purposely throws them face, or drops them face down, so he can jump in their back. It's not even as if they're on their back, and he can splash them for a pin. But um, I think I read somewhere, or watched a video about... Um, how he came to use the big boot and, and leg drop. I think he did it once and the, and the crowd went nuts for the same reason that you said, because they really didn't expect a big man to, to kind of have a, a, a clean victory with a leg drop. And he thought, well, yeah, that is a bit different. Everyone's, you know, using power slams and big power moves. Um, do you know what? He lost inches off his height from doing that every single night. It compressed his spine so much. I mean, you you look at him in the Rocky film. He is a giant of a man. And then you look at him, you know, especially when he, he joined TNA in the later part of his career, and he's lost considerable height, isn't he? I think a lot of the Rocky stuff was uh, good camera work to make him look bigger mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, he he was still a beast, and I think he he did lose a lot from just compressing his spine. I mean, I'm sure. You know, Steve Austin was the same, just constantly dropping on his ass every night to do that stunner. It's got to do something for your tailbone, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about this match as well is it was proper face versus face, yeah. which back then was a, was a rarity because you had face versus heel, you yeah. know, almost exclusively. And if, if you had to have two people like Hogan and Warrior going at it, you would find a way to turn one of them heel. I mean, like they did with Sergeant Slaughter, the biggest, you know, National American hero. They turned him into an Iraqi sympathizer for the Gulf. <laughs> he was, I think he was Warrior's kind of next big opponent in this um, title reign. So that was an odd one. I think it was a bit different. Um, and it was that literal passing of the torch from Hogan to Warrior, which you said didn't quite work out as planned, ultimately. No. But... I, I actually preferred the feud that Hogan went on to have after this with Earthquake. That was that was quite entertaining because Earthquake was, you know, quite easy to despise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He played yeah. his role so well. And I remember having the toys of them as well. It was definitely around that era. And we had, you know, the who who were you playing tonight? Are you Earthquake or are you Hulk Hogan? And we kind of take it in turns. And I vividly remember 
And, you know, it's, it's like when you own the Star Wars toys back in the day, which we did as well, just if we'd have kept those, not necessarily in the pack as what kid does that, but, you know, ours were destroyed by the end of it. All the chip was, all the paint was chipped and, you know, terrible condition, but they fetch such a, a high price now. It's, it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, I had the full uh, ring as well. I actually swapped a Hacksaw Jim Duggan for that ring in school. I was very proud of myself for doing that. Why would someone trade one, an entire ring for one wrestler? That's crazy. I don't know, but he was a bit of a dodgy kid and he might have nicked it. But I don't care. I got <laughs> out of it with a, with a ring. and I didn't have to pretend I had an actual ring with ropes and turnbuckles. Was it everything intact as well? Or? Yeah. It had oh. another kid's name written on it. Bye, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, get some uh, nail varnish remover. But yeah, this match, the um, they called it the ultimate challenge, and uh, and it was, and this was this was like the focal point of wrestling as a as, for us as kids, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. This this was it. It was quintessential. Um, you know, I, I've I've been to stag party since fully dressed as the ultimate warrior. I bought. Um, a blonde like mullet, I had a full face paint, um, shoelaces coming off my my obviously bulging biceps in real life. Didn't have to do any work there, thankfully. Um, but yeah, and we will put pictures of this up on the social as well. I think we will. We have to. Yeah, it's this this it'll blow you away. Um, and yeah, the 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 groom himself was Hulk Hogan, and he would this just a bit of a side story now, but he would look at me like in Weatherspoon's Cardiff. I go, oh, no, not again, please. And I'd have to be clotheslined by him. And then he would leg drop me in the middle of the pub. But I, I would I would fall so hard, obviously, because of the mix of alcohol and, and adrenaline pumping through me after listening to Karma Chameleon, just to get myself energised. Um, I had bruises all over me the next day. But, I mean, yeah, we all dress up as wrestlers. And my point being, you know, even, even as a mid-30s man, still, still playing the Ultimate Warrior whenever I can. Still playing the fool. Playing the fool. It's a good night. It was yeah, took took its toll. I really had an appreciation for you know everything that those professional wrestlers went through um at WrestleMania, just you know, paralleled to that night out down in Cardiff. It was it, it was a like for like champion versus champion thing. So yeah. And you didn't get kicked out? No, I think they they encouraged it. To be honest, there yeah, was it was everywhere as well. It was the live lounge. We everywhere we went, he'd look at me and I go, "Oh, please, I just want to drink my beer." But I'd have to, you know, I had a loyalty. He's the groom. I can't, I can't not. And yeah, clothesline. Um, he would have done the big boot. I don't think he could have stretched up with his foot. To be yeah, clothesline and then the leg drop. Oh, the next day. I was I was sore, but you know, that's just the price you pay for being a professional wrestler. You know, us we used to. Do you think they do that? Do you think they meet each other in bars and then one looks at each other over the bars? Oh, please! I just want a quiet drink. We've gone through this rigmarole again. Before you know it, pool cues are being smashed over backs. Yeah, being Irish whipped into the toilets. <laughs> is that a euphemism or is that a wrestling? Take it whatever way you like. Whatever you do in toilets with Irish men, that's up to you, bro. Um, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, well, some, sometimes you have barroom brawl matches at a televised. So, you know, I exactly. obviously inspired McMahon in, in that sense. Um, he obviously saw my my epic battle in uh, the, the capital city of Wales and he thought, that's it, that's money. Any excuse to get your McMahon voice out. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed with my Terry Funk. I really thought I'd nail that, but I'm 
I'm going to come across awful. I'm going to have to practice that for next week. Which brings us on to my second clip of the week. And this is Louis Theroux is the new boy in a wrestling club. I'd been trying my best. I just couldn't keep up. But dropping out wasn't an option. Shut up! Everybody back! It seems Sarge was still fuming over my questions at the Monday Nitro event. Move your legs! And say, sir, I'm a dying cockroach, sir! Sir, I'm a dying cockroach! Okay, so for a bit of context, this is from an episode of a show called Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends. And Louis, at the time, well, he's a British journalist, but at the time he was uh, based in the US. And he got his big break on Michael Moore's TV Nation, in which he kind of went into these different um, weird subcultures. And then they made a full series about it um, for the BBC. And so these uh, subcultures included UFO groups, survivalist, porn stars, all those sorts of things. And this one was about wrestling. I think this was in the second series uh, of the show broadcast in uh, 1998, I believe. So for for the purposes of this clip, previously he'd been at a WCW Nitro taping and he'd uh, been there with Sarge, who's former wrestler turned trainer, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. I think that was his wrestling name. He also wrestled under a leprechaun gimmick at one point, apparently. (laughs) Um, and he made the mistake of asking Sarge about putting matches together. And I think Sarge was pissed off at having to escort this journalist around, you know, when he was busy anyway. And just these stupid questions that were being put to him. Um, he had no patience and he, he genuinely looked fuming, genuinely pissed off at him. So a few days later, um, Louis goes to the power plant, which was the WCW's training centre uh, in Atlanta, to train with the wrestlers. <laughs> in this clip has got it all first the waldo promo which is the most polite humble <laughs> wrestling promo you'll ever hear is he going down i hope so i've been practicing i've been trying really hard it's, <laughs> it's like a, a pupil talking to the teacher isn't it i hope i've done well i don't know i mean i'm hoping so i've, I've given it my all i've, I've been studying really hard in my room <laughs> it's pathetic isn't it um but the highlight has got to be the statistic uh, training methods employed by Sarge. Uh, and it, it just, it's, it's abuse, isn't it? It's bullying. It's what it yeah. is. I mean, he's so pissed off at the line of questioning that he had to put up with. He just pushes Louis to the brink of collapse. And, you know, he keeps dragging him back, even when he's <laughs> retching and, and puking. It's hurting my back. I don't care. Uh, it was phenomenal. I'm such a big fan of Louis. I I've got everything that he's done, and yeah, just when he brought out that wrestling documentary, it was kind of if kind of two worlds colliding for me. Um, yeah, I I thought the same. I love the Waldo. I I love that. I mean, the most endearing thing about him is that he's obviously very professional. He's a very intelligent man. He does zero research. So he just goes straight into it. One of my favourite things about that episode is right at the start when he's in the airport and he sees Raven. <laughs> and and Raven's like, hey, what you doing? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Louis from the BBC. He's like, yeah, I know the BBC for what? He's like, uh, BBC for wrestling. Oh, right, okay. So you obviously know who I am. And he's I've, like, I've got a, I've written down the whole thing. Oh, go on, read do it. it. Yeah. After the bit you said, he says no. And Raven says, You're filming a documentary about wrestling and you have no idea who I am. Louis, we've only just started, to be honest. Raven. (laughs) 
But didn't you do a little research before you started this endeavour? Louis, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But, you know, you because we're wrestling fans, we know how intelligent Raven is as well in real life. You know, Scott Levy and, and just two great minds colliding. But I... He was so polite. He just, he really wanted to fit in, you know, being called Waldo. He loved all of that. And like you said, just throwing up. And and then he went to the, um, went to that violent federation. They were so nice to him, even though he's putting the ring together. So that was a good juxtaposition between, you know, oh my God, these these guys play with fire and barbed wire. You'd think they'd be the masochists, but they really welcomed him with open arms. And some were his professional um, you know, is WCW and, and they're the barbaric ones. Um, but he's just perfect. And again, you know, the lack of research. Come on, Louis, just well, if it was out now, we could have listened to one of our podcasts, but just watch one clip, watch a wrestling promo, and then think, right, what what can I do to to better that? He sounded like an accountant, didn't he? <laughs> it's just like, I've been I've been crunching the numbers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've um, I've seen various interviews with him. And I, I don't think he was particularly keen on this one. Um, I think oh. usually he did, he did his research about all the subcultures and, and, and things, and he went in there with a bit of faux naivety. But I think this one, he he wasn't a fan of wrestling. He had no interest in it. It wasn't something that he particularly wanted to explore. I think they right. were looking for ideas, and somebody suggested it, and it just kind of went from there. So, yeah, it, he probably hadn't, or the team probably hadn't done as much research as, as they uh, as they could have done. But it was uh, <laughs> it was so funny. The whole documentary is a, it's a good snapshot of WCW and, and wrestling at that time, but it, it's yeah. just again that collision of worlds that I love. Yeah, um, and he's he's so funny in it. Oh, it's, it's fantastic! But yeah, like you said, I mean, '98 that was that was the heyday for WCW. They were at the most popular. You had Goldberg. Oh, even now, it, just as we're talking about just just the cringe factor when he's backstage and he's like, oh, hello, macho man, Randy Savage. Could we have... And he's like, oh, he just completely blanked him. And then just mugging off... Um, oh, who was it now? Roddy Roddy Piper. That's it, Roddy Piper, yeah. And he's like, I've killed men for less. You don't... Like, we're jesting by saying Shawn Michaels, you know, he was kind of buff, but not huge. He <laughs> would say it to his face. And Louis's like, don't, you know, don't mind me saying this, but you're not, you know, atypically huge guy. <laughs> I'm like, dude, shut up. But yeah, that's cringe. So cringe, isn't it? It was, yeah. But it made for good TV. It made it very entertaining. Yeah. Oh, just uh, just one more thing in it, right? So I, uh, the clip you sent was on YouTube and I was reading through the comments and uh, I, I wrote down this one uh, comment. It was absolutely hilarious, right? Word for word, this is what it said. It's a shame the Waldo versus Pistol Pez Watley match never took place. The capacity of over 70,000, the Georgia Dome was a fitting venue for this mega bout. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? They would have locked up. Pistol would have put him in that thumb grip right at the start, and he'd be like, "Oh, I quit." <laughs> oh, I, th- I think Louis would have just been happy, kind of running back and forth with the ropes because he enjoyed that, <laughs> bit, didn't he? When he was bouncing off the ropes. Oh yeah, Pistol's in the corner, like, "What is this jerk doing?" And he's trying to take less steps each time. Oh, brilliant! So funny. So there we are. So there's wrestling with my brother episode two in the back. Uh, a journey through some very different wrestling clips and styles and 
And that's what you can expect with this podcast. The kind yeah. of high quality clips, low quality banter. Smorgasbord, <laughs> if you will. Smorgasbord, yeah. Of wrestling randomness. And you can find us on Twitter if you like that sort of thing, just like John Cena did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're at Wrestle Bros Pod. And the podcast is now available on a whole plethora of platforms. Happy. What is a plethora? Obviously, we're at Anchor. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts. Um, so you can like and subscribe on those platforms. And we will see you next time. Take it easy, peeps. Wrestling with my brother, we got a podcast, yeah! Wrestling with my brother, 